Florida State just got a big-time commitment out of South Florida for the class of 2026. We're going to talk about this young man and why Florida State's recruiting in South Florida is so important. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another episode of Locked on Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith. You can find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts for free, Odyssey, Spotify, Apple, and on YouTube. We are part of the awesome Locked on Network, your team every day. And thanks again to all the everydayers. Appreciate you stopping in once again. Today is my favorite kind of podcast. Not one segment, not two, but three devoted to recruiting. Florida State got a 2026 commitment that we will talk about in just a moment. And it's a lot of fun to talk recruiting for me, so I'm anxious. Uh, FanDuel, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers bet five bucks and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com forward slash locked on to get started. All right, first segment we are most definitely going to talk about the first news that I'd, I'd heard much about this kid because he's at a program I don't know as well. And I, I know South Florida pretty well. He's out of Goldman. It's in the Miami area. And I had to watch his film for the first time and I'm checking it out and I'm like, holy cow. The player in question is Daryl Trey Bell third. He is an all around athlete, which is not surprising. South Florida has a ton of skill kids that can play on either side of the ball. We're going to talk about him first. Second segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of Florida State. I'm just going to use a few kids as an example. They've got a gazillion, uh, Snoop Menace and several others from back in the day and, and some other guys. But I have three I want to talk about to use as a barometer and how they can elevate your program. And, it, and before I go into this real far, there's a gazillion others like Lamont Green, et cetera, and his, his kids now on the team, junior. So it's important to talk about the history of South Florida and then what's upcoming beyond Daryl Florida state has made some inroads here. Conrad Hussey was talked about a little bit by coach Norvell and that's a big deal Florida state traditionally since the Bowden never really got rolling early eighties into the early nineties and onward, they did their best work when they had at least a couple of guys, especially on defense that were from Palm beach, Broward or Dade counties. It's that simple. We're going to talk about more specifics with it, but all three of those. And I've got a few guys in particular in general around the state. I want you to kind of keep your eye on. And again, few of them are, not surprisingly, from South Florida. So let's start off with Daryl Trey Bell. This is a young man, again, like I said earlier, I didn't know a ton about. So I just went and found this film. And there, there are three things that I noticed about him right off the bat. Uh, and I took three, four clips and you're like, okay, I get it. Number one, he's got length. He's already a kid that's getting kind of rangy with the arm length, et cetera, and he's only a sophomore in high school right now. Number two, first step explosion. You can teach it a little bit with some training, but his innate, natural, just get off the ball, first step speed, it's going to catch your attention. And then the third, and probably the most important, because this is what he wants to do, apparently, 
Florida State is allegedly recruiting him to play defense, kind of that nickel, uh, how do I put it, jack of all trades. There really isn't a position. It's just a DB that does a lot of different things. That's what he's going to be, and you must be a striker. And he is. He will flat lay the wood. Usually when kids are that fast and that athletic, they're more apt to, A, be offensive players, and B, even if they do play defense, they'd rather play corner play on the outside and not be as involved, if you will, in the hitting and tackling. Well, that's Daryl's film uh, said otherwise. Uh, he is the exception to that rule. He'll put his shoulder pads into you and drive you to the ground, and he did it several times on film. I turned it off. I forget, a couple minutes in. Didn't need to see any more film. It was very consistent over and over. He took the ball away when he was on offense or defense from the person next to him, and he's playing pretty good comp. He's in Miami. And two, more importantly, when he was on defense, because that's, again, what he's going to play for the Knowles, he put a thumping on somebody. So let's talk a little bit about that because the role that he's allegedly going to play, and it, it could change, in my opinion, is the second hardest position to play on the football field now. And quarterback's number one, and it's by a landslide because there's just so much mental that goes with it, uh, just from the coaches and the other players, not to mention the media scrutiny and all that. But you take quarterback out of the equation, it's the slot, nickel, hybrid, whatever that spot is that I'm trying to define that every team seems to have to adjust, Florida State included, just about all the time. You need to be big enough to take on some fullbacks and tight ends in the screen game and when they run toss sweep, but you got to be quick enough to handle some 170-pound kid that runs in the slot like he's shot out of a cannon. Not fun because there's no such thing as a player that can do both on every single snap. That's why it's a conundrum for all defense coordinators. Well, at least if you're physical and you're naturally a first-step explosion guy, and I mean, Daryl is, he's that dude, you're ahead of the game. Knowles and a few other guys who, ironically, I saw Florida kid, he played in MacArthur, they're, you know, they've had some of that, that role. It's not easy. Um, like quarterbacks, if you go look at the national stats, almost all the quarterbacks, and I mentioned this on the show, that are really good are at least three years removed from high school, at least, because it just takes so long. There's a little bit of that at the nickel spot now because teams will just scheme it up to put guys in horrendous positions, whether it's leverage, size, speed, or a combination thereof. You just got to see it a thousand times. I think this is a good good thing that Coach Norvell and his staff are looking for some of these kids that are versatile, that have the speed to play in the secondary for one. At an elite level, this kid's going to be a big-time top 100 kid, in my opinion. And two, they also have the ability to strike because you just got to rotate guys in and out, and you're going to have to switch it game to game. There is no one player for this spot anymore. Like in the beginning of the preseason, you say, well, this is our nickel. No, not really. Not, that's not how it works. It may be listed that way on the depth chart, you got to have multiple guys like this anymore. And I'll argue with any coach on the planet about it because every team runs their slot different and even sometimes differently during the game. They're like completely. Some teams use 260 pound tight ends there. So, and they still throw the ball all over the place. You got to have different guys for different things. This kid's about as close physically as what you're going to be looking for to do a combination because you can't go by like, well, they're in 22 personnel. They got two tight ends. They're going to go power football. Teams still might go in a four wide set out of that. With one of the running backs, two tight ends, I mean, you just don't know. So Bell kind of fits that. The second point about him, though, as I watched his film, 
this kid catches the ball naturally. If they, for whatever reason, went away and they, they changed their mind, Daryl Trey Bell is a kid that can flat out go get it. You cannot go wrong with these kind of players, man. It's it's just great. And to get him this early, right out of the backyard, Miami, and I'm sure he'll have offers like the usual suspects. This is a kid that's in LSU, Georgia, Florida, you name it, Ohio State, whatever. He'll get all those offers. But he's at Goldman. It's a program that doesn't get much attention. Why is that that program and not some other? I have no idea. I don't know the kid. But it's great that Florida State is already in on him. And to be really honest with you, I just think that it's that it's awesome that Florida State, again, I've mentioned this probably 50 times, they do their own evaluations. They do not care. We like the kid. We're going after him. That's something Bowden would have done. So in a way, I've, I'm just kind of – everybody has their own way to look at it, and some schools would rather, would rather wait. And I'm not saying he didn't have other offers. He did. But Florida State went after a kid that's only a sophomore, like went after him. That's a really good sign to me because – not every school has the guts to pull the trigger that early on a kid, not only offer, but accept that offer. So there's there's a growing trend towards it a little bit, but Florida State is certainly towards the top of that. All right, before we go into the second segment, FanDuel is today's primary sponsor for segment one. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place $5 down on a bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app's easy to use. You can navigate it in 30 seconds or so to get to where you want to go, whether you want to bet on NFL, college, hockey, basketball. Right now is about as good as it gets because everything's in season with October. It's my favorite month of the year because you can do about anything on one of these and you can bet on different things too, whether it's team, whether it is a player, a combination thereof, it is up to you. FanDuel is a great option. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season or whatever it is you want to do. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Now, let's talk a little bit about the history with Florida State and being, well, for lack of a better term, not just South Florida dominant, but like South Florida specific with key players. And I'm only going to use a few. Like I mentioned Lamont Green. He was one of my favorite Florida State players back in the day, and I met him not long ago. Great dude. He's he's a great guy. His kid's a great kid, et cetera. He's now at Florida State. Uh, Conrad Hussey's at Florida. Florida State now. I mean, they've they've hit some pretty good players here. But looking at the numbers, I'll just get this out of the way. 2021, they hit two players. 22 and 23, they hit four. And then this year, they already got five. They're from South Florida. I just want to mention that. They're trending up. And that's good because of the following. Dalvin Cook, Miami Central. Brian Burns, American Heritage. Asante Samuel Jr., also a Heritage kid. Those are some of the recent guys in the last 10 or so years that came out of South Florida and weren't just good. Like everybody knew these were dudes. All these kids were four or five star guys, depending on which service you went by. And Florida State had to beat out Miami and, you know, Michigan and Georgia and all these different schools to win those recruitments. Just for fun. And I, I'd forgotten, to be honest, just how dominant he was. But I looked up Dalvin Cook and the yardage that he had. Even as a freshman, and Florida State was really good now. Remember, 
They'd won it in 213. He came in the year after. Dalvin rushes for 1,008 yards, 5.9 yards per carry, eight touchdowns, had 22 catches for 203 yards and 9.2. That was his freshman season. Sophomore, 229 carries, 1691, 7.4, 19 touchdowns, 24 receptions, 244 yards, 10.2, and a score. And then as a junior, he was the bell cow for sure. 288 carries, 1765, 6.1, 19 touchdowns again, 33 receptions, 468 yards. That's ridiculous. 14.8 and one. He was a dude. He was a dude. And when he came into the program, it kind of changed some of the basic things they did because they, they would run basic play action plays, just a simple post, a simple over or whatever. And the linebackers would come down so hard, it just created more space. Yeah, and sure, they had Jameis like his freshman year or whatever, but good grief. Florida State was blessed to have him. And here's the other part. I'm just going to say this now, and I'll come back to it before the end of the second segment as well. When you get Dalvin Cook out of South Florida, it's a message, hey, we can go get anybody. And you also got a kid at Miami Central, which is the University of Miami's backyard. It's a big deal because Cook very easily could have ended up at Miami too. Maybe he just wanted to leave. I can't remember what his final two were. That's been 10 years ago. But that's that's a great thing when you can beat your rival for a recruit right out of their backyard. Now, Miami's not going to keep everybody home because that area is so loaded. It's ridiculous. But that's a kid everybody went after. Cook was a dude. We all knew it. He came in and he played right away, and nobody was really surprised. Let's talk a little bit about Burns. This is something that is not surprising. He's in the NFL and done well. Uh, he's probably a top 100 to top 150 guy in the NFL by anybody's measurement, blah, blah, blah. Long athletic defensive end that can play on either side. Florida State won a national recruiting battle for him too. Now, Jimbo, now he may be an AM, but you got to give him credit. He, he was a part of some of this stuff. Florida State recruited early then. He did a good job of getting the ball rolling. And when even when he left, there were some remnants of it. So some of the kids they got from like 1920 and 21 in some way, shape, or form, he had a he had a hand in it in a way. But when you get a kid like that, again, defensive ends change games. Not all, not all five stars are the same. And Burns was a dude. He was top 50 by pretty much everybody. And he was a kid that everybody in Florida wanted. And he could have went to like a Georgia or Alabama, etc. Miami screwed his recruitment up. I long story about that sometime, but they, they completely botched his recruitment up. And Florida State was on him the whole time and they got him. It's interesting because now you think about Miami historically, they just like Florida State defensive line, they've had a lot of guys. So that's hilarious in a lot of ways. But I'm surprised about that. I, I one of the coaches, American Heritage, told me about that. But here's the here's the real deal. When you're getting that kind of kid out of out of South Florida, that's that's even better because defensive players like that completely change the win-loss records for teams. They just do. Look at Georgia and Alabama over the last five years or so and how many D linemen they're turning out and where they're in the rankings. It's, you know, Ohio State, when they were even better than they are now, they had even more defensive linemen. It's the same stuff. So you got to kind of look at it. The last player is something that Florida State's famous for, and that's corner play and, and safety play to a certain degree. Asante Samuel Jr., what a dude. Uh, came out of Heritage, was a kid that played early for the Knowles, left after three years. Every single school in the country offered that kid. Everybody knew by the early part of his junior year of high school, he was that guy. 
I, I don't remember. I remember talking to Dion about him at the Under Armour Combine. He he thought he was as good a DB as he had there. He was he was working the Under Armour Combine thing before he got into coaching as a college coach, and he loved him. And it's just funny that Florida State again went into the backyard of Miami and took a great player away. But he could have went to Bama or Georgia or Clemson or wherever, and Florida State was still able to get him. Now he's obviously in the NFL and doing well. But how many times has Florida State gotten the DB? Maybe I should do a research piece on that, do a pod just on that. Just Florida State, South South Florida DB recruiting. They've had a lot of guys. Like Knowles, again, he's from he's from MacArthur. They almost always have a South Florida kid in the starting secondary or at least the first guy off the bench. It's amazing. And he is a player that kind of set a trend again. Florida State is getting some – like Hussey's got a chance from what I've heard. I've heard good things about him. I know him. I know the guys at St. Thomas Aquinas and, and some of the other DBs. They're going to be in good shape. Edwin Joseph, another guy, he's from Chaminade. I mean, they're obviously coached pretty well. Florida State keeps getting these kind of kids from South Florida. It's going to go well, long-term, no question about it. Um, third segment, I'm going to talk a little bit about a few of the kids, and some of them are South Florida, in recruiting that I've just been hearing stuff about in regards to Florida State and just kind of around the state that have been doing well. Kids you should know about. Uh, but before we get into that, a couple of quick notes. Number one, make sure you check out the College Football Live show here on Locked On, 11 a.m. each Friday. It's kind of all-encompassing what's going to happen on Saturday deal. Coaching news, injuries, matchups from the people that are on their different pods and they have the big games. They're going to come on. Uh, my buddy Alex Dono is going to be one of the guys on the show. It's really cool. Check it out. And if you can't get to it, and it's it's on all the different YouTube channels, go ahead and check it out later on. It's downloaded on each YouTube page. You can go to any of them that are locked on, Florida State included, and you can get it. So it's pretty cool. Make sure you check that out. LinkedIn Jobs is our second sponsor of today. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team and do so faster and for free. Think about it this way and and don't do what I did. Uh, I needed a couple interns a year, year and a half ago. I went word of mouth. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's all I did. It did not work well. I'm just going to let it be on some of the things that I did. LinkedIn Jobs, you can do that all the way up to looking for a CEO. It is easy to create a profile, search out what you're looking for, and post it in a way that you, as a small business owner or corporation, and really if you wanted to, find candidates that look for what or have what you need. So you can ask the right screening questions, the right qualifications, everything you need in one spot, and it's easy to navigate. So make sure you check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Third segment, just going to talk about a few recruits and what the meaning is right now. I've been leaning over the last month or so, maybe six weeks, talking about 
go by what they do, not what they say. And it's still true. Meaning recruits say they're going to visit or that so-and-so is their leader or they talk to this school that much. That's fine. What's more important, where are they visiting during the season? If a kid visits school X three times, Florida State or otherwise, well, there's a pretty good chance that he really likes that institution. So if you want to think about it this way, Florida State's been fortunate enough to have several really good players on campus recently, 24, 25, 26. Not, I, I'm not a big fan of just running down lists because I think it's overkill. But like Jeremiah Smith is supposed to come on campus this month. Maybe he'll be there this weekend or next. I'm not sure. I haven't asked Jeremiah. I haven't spoke to anybody at Florida State about it. But you have to get these guys on campus as many times as possible. It's about familiarity, building relationships. To that point, Jeremiah is obviously the best player in the class of 24, at least in my opinion. He's at Chaminade down in Broward County. But here are a few of the kids that I've been hearing a little bit about that I've seen and some kids that in some way, shape, or form Florida State's involved with. These are underclassmen, though. These are 25 kids. It is vital that the Knowles, or any other school for that matter, get these kids on campus as juniors because a lot of guys pop early. Not all of them stay in the mode of, I'm just going to take a ton of visits. Every now and then there's one or two that don't. You don't want to be left out of the cold if a kid makes a decision and they're done. So you got to get in on them early. The first kid, and I put him number one on the list, and it's not a South Florida kid, but it's because he's from Tallahassee. This is the kid I think Florida State has to get, arguably as much if not more than any other player in the class of 25. And it's just a proximity deal and the position he plays. I've met him. He does not look like an underclassman in high school. I can assure you. I've mentioned him, I think, before on the show, but that's Jalen Wiggins. He's at Rickards in Tallahassee. 260-ish, I'm guessing. I can't remember what he said exactly, but he has arms like my legs. He's a defensive lineman. He'll probably grow into an inside guy, but he can play outside too, might be a swing player. And you just can't allow a kid from your backyard to go to Florida or to Georgia, or to LSU, or Michigan, or whatever. And he's going to have offers from every school in the country. If I had to do a ranking right now, and again, it's partially due to proximity, he would be number one on my board. Florida State over the last 10 years, even towards the end of Jimbo's tenure, lost too many kids from the greater Tallahassee to Jacksonville area that you would have thought they could have gotten. And he was a really good recruiter, but they started losing some of that momentum. And Taggart and, and et cetera, that, that didn't always go so well. It looks like Norvell and his staff are trending in the right direction, though. So speaking of Jacksonville, and I've mentioned him before, and I'll say his name a gazillion times, Hilton Drake Stubbs. He recently was down at Miami. Uh, his brother is a walk-on for the Knowles. He's a safety at Mandarin. It's probably by far the best program right now in Jacksonville. He has offers across the board. That's a kid, great kid, by the way. I think he's a young man that's going to do very well in college no matter where he goes. And I also expect him to be a player that, quite frankly, if Florida State doesn't get, it's going to be disappointing. Again, you got to get some of the kids that are local to you. He's a class of 25 kid as well. Remember his name. Just want to throw it out there because nobody seems to talk about him because he's from the Space Coast area. D.L. Hardison, he's from Melbourne, Florida. He goes to O'Galley. He's committed to the Knowles. He's a very fast and athletic wide receiver from the class of 25. He's a dude. Florida State's very fortunate to have him in the mix already. A player from South Florida that I've been hearing some really good things. He was up at FSU recently. Kamari Williams, big, long, rangy receiver. He was recently at Chaminade Madonna, but transferred to Palm Beach Central. That's a dude. I met him, been around him, watched him. He's the kind of guy that can be as good as he wants. He just has to keep working. Big-time recruit with a ton of offers. 
Florida State might be the team to beat there. And then finally, one of the kids I know, and I'm just giving him a shout out, commitment, Tramel Jones. Again, Jacksonville, they have to win a lot of those battles. That's a tough That's a tough city. There's a lot of Florida Georgia grads there, a lot of pull in different directions. Tramel Jones is committed to the Knowles. They're high on him. I like him a lot too, and I know flat out Florida State is like really high on him. He can be a mobile quarterback, but he prefers to throw from the pocket. Having a quarterback this early in the class of 25 helps. And he's from Mandarin, just like Stubbs. And this is a little extra. Jamie French is, in my opinion, the best receiver in the class of 25, Florida or otherwise. I've mentioned him before, also at Mandarin. But he's committed to Bama. I'm curious to see if he ends up on campus a few times between now and next summer. That's a recruitment. There's no way in the world Florida State's going to give up on. So um, coming up on Locked on Seminoles over the next few days. I'm going to talk a little more recruiting, some of the players I've heard about, kind of like I just did here in this third segment. Also going to discuss a little bit more about the Syracuse game. I'm hoping to hear more about Johnny Wilson. That's definitive. I'm not counting on it, so don't don't hold me to that. Coaches, as you know, um, if you've listened to this podcast, don't like to announce that information. It's not like the NFL. Not that they don't lie about injuries sometimes, but college coaches are not required to give a list unlike the NFL with all their wagering stuff they've got connected on the back end. So I'm hoping to hear something on it, but we'll see. Anyway, everybody have a great rest of your day. Please like this podcast and please subscribe and share and comment. Look forward to hearing from you all again very soon.